You know, the people used to be in the Far East, China was considered, they were the, up, they were the most advanced country, people. They invented the campus, they invented paper, they invented print, the print, print porcelain. Gunpowder. Gunpowder, exactly, okay. and so on and on and on. But since the 1500, they're in the back. The West took off more and more and more and more. But a group of uh, scientists in China were studying, trying to figure out what's the problem. Why the West went ahead of the East, basically. In the beginning they thought maybe it's because the West has better weapon, more, more equipped, better guns. Then they said maybe it's because they have a better government system. Maybe they have a better financial system. The, the economy is a better economy. See, economy system is maybe because of this they are better. They are advanced. But finally they realized they came to the conclusion, all the scientists, I read it, it's a whole study. They came to the conclusion that what the reason why the West is more successful is because the culture is based on the Bible. Judeo-Christian society is based on the Bible. And that's why they're more successful. Why? Mainly because the Bible teaches us to care for the other, for the less fortunate. We're in these countries, in the East, in the Far East, there's no such thing. Everybody cares for himself. The idea of charity, the idea of caring for somebody who has nothing to do with you, you don't know him from anywhere, doesn't exist. Until today, it's very hard to find it over there. That's what motivated and made this, this, the Western world a much more successful world. We are now, we started last week, counting of the Omer, the counting of the Omer. It's a mitzvah that we do between Pesach and Shavuos. We count every day for seven weeks, from the day after the first day of Pesach, that we offered in the temple the Omer offering. What's the Omer? Omer is a measurement, like a pound. They used to bring a pound of what? Of barley to the temple. And after they brought the barley to the temple, they count for seven weeks, 49 days, and on the 50th day, on Shavuos, they brought an offering of wheat to the temple, baked, baked bread to the temple, but made out of wheat. The beginning it was barley, then it was uh, bread, uh, then it was wheat. What's the difference between barley and wheat? Barley is an earlier crop. Barley is an animal feed. Barley is an animal feed. When the Talmud says, there is a Talmudic statement in some place that says, uh, somebody came into the yeshiva and he says, you know, the price of the barley went down. That he says, go and give the good news to the cows and the donkeys. Kind of, what are you, what are you coming to us even and tell us? Huh? <laughs> what good is this going to do to us? That was the attitude. Barley is full of animals. Wheat is full of humans. I don't know how today, today's world, everything is upside down. Mm -hmm. But that was the way in the, in, in, in the normal world. 
Then the question is, why we bring Bali to the temple? There is a concept, there is a fundamental rule in Judaism, in the, in the Torah, that you have to bring the best to God. Where we learn it from? That you have to bring Cain the best from God. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, both of them offered a sacrifice to God. Cain offered a, a sacrifice and God didn't receive it. Abel offered a sacrifice and God received it. Why? Why God received Abel's and not Cain? Because Abel offered the best. From this we learn, whatever you give to God has to be the best. That if you have to bring the best to God, then Pesach, you bring a, a pound of barley to the temple. Bring the best. Why are you bringing barley to the temple? To God, you bring barley. Why do you bring barley to the temple? The answer is, barley is an animal food. Sometimes we slip down to animal behavior. We lose it. We behave like animals. What means we behave like animals? We lose it. And uh, we're bringing it to the temple to remind ourselves that even our animal side, we have to bring to God. We have to make it better. And then we start a journey of seven weeks to correct our animal behavior, to turn our animal side into a human side, so to speak. To make from our little animal that's inside us, the horse power that we have, into, into a human being power. What's the difference between animals and human beings? I mean, there is so many differences we cannot even count. Animals can't see the sky. Animals can't see the sky. What else? Speech. Animals cannot talk. <laughs> animals don't have choices, cannot make choices. Shame. It's all, it's all because they don't have a, yeah. And they don't have an awareness uh, in an intellectual way with Hashem. They, they don't have, animals can walk and fall, we walk and do. But if you look a little deeper, animals do everything for themselves. Animal, animal cares for itself only. It's the instinct of survival. That's an animal instinct. That's what animals are. They care only for themselves. God forbid we don't want to insult the dogs. There is many dogs who are very, very uh, loyal to their masters and they're ready to die for the masters and be killed for the masters but again for the masters not for strangers again for themselves what's a human being a human being has the power to forget about himself and care for others just do a pure act of kindness to somebody else not because it will make him not because it'll make him feel good and not because anything just because it's somebody needs his help and he's there to help him He's not going to benefit from it, never going to get a thank you, nothing. He's doing it for the sake of doing the right thing. That's what a human being is. That's the difference between animals and human beings. And Sfirata Omer, when we count the Omer, and these seven weeks, we have to, from becoming, from being selfish, every day to be a little less selfish, all the way until the holiday of Shavuos. 49 steps of spirituality to become a little less about me, more about others. That's what counting of the Omer is. And during this period of time, it's considered also a period of mourning. What are we mourning during this time? Rabbi Kiva's students. 
that students of Rabbi Akiva died in one short period of time between Pesach and Shavuos. 24,000 students died. Then the Talmud says why they died? Because they didn't respect each other. They didn't respect each other. What exactly it means? There is an interesting medrash. Rabbi Akiva lived 2,000 years ago in the time of the Romans. I mean, when his students died, it was like a tragedy. 24,000 students. The, the whole future of Torah Judaism was gone. Wiped out. They died from a plague, whatever. They died. There is a medrash that quotes Rabbi Akiva himself. Rabbi Akiva says, I had 24,000 students. In this medrash, he says, I had 12,000 students. And all of them died between Pesach and Shavuos. They were all over Israel. And then after they died, Rabbi Akiva didn't give up. He went, he went to the south, I think, and he, start all, he started all over to teach, and he had seven students. Seven. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Nehemiah, Rabbi Shmuel, seven students. And from these seven students comes all of Judaism, all of the Torah was revived in the land of Israel from seven people. 24,000 are gone. Seven revived Judaism. But what does Rabbi Akiva's advice to the seven students? He told them, told them the earlier students, everyone kept his own Torah for himself. You guys don't keep your Torah for yourself. Go out and teach it to everyone. He's giving out a secret. What was the problem of the 24,000 students? The problem was they were spiritually selfish. Selfishness doesn't have to be necessarily with money, with possession, with space. They, they, they learned Torah, they were very happy with the Torah and kept it for themselves. Why bother to teach it others? I know it, I want to keep it for myself. And Rabbi Akiva told the, young, the new students, says, don't be like them. Go out and spread your Torah, teach it, share it with others. That even in the world of Torah, you can be and you can be. You can also still walk, even if you're a very righteous man, you always have the dilemma sharing, sacrificing your time for others or keeping it for yourself. And that's what the, the Rebbe was teaching all the years. Don't keep it for yourself. Go out and share it with others. Even if a person can say, I can learn something very deep now. Instead, I'm going to go and speak to children about alphabet or teach, telling them a, sto a little story. I can do such and such more. Judaism says, if you want to be, what, what, take, what takes to be a human being? That you are not selfish. That you go out, you sacrifice your own, you don't live for yourself, you live for others. That what Pesach until Shavuos teaches us, then 24,000 students, so many students, we don't even know their names because they didn't share the learning, the, the knowledge. They kept it for themselves. They came seven people. We all know them because they shared with the rest of the world and on the whole, everybody knows about them. That's what you can learn from the, that's the journey of the counting of the Almighty.